unapologetically blurred. Blurred, or black nerd, is just what it sounds like. It's a person of color that's into the nerddom, whether that be video games, comic books, fantasy novels, tabletop RPGs, what have you. Black nerds are here, we're here to stay, and we've been here from the beginning. Y'all get used to seeing us because this is Unapologetically Blurred. shout out to everyone that's been supporting the show for the last two and a half almost three years uh and everyone that has bought merch or will buy merch if you guys want your own perception blurred unapologetically blurred tables ladders and dice or other you'll see when you go there merch check out perception blurred b-l-e-r-d dot creator dash spring dot com for all your perception blurred unapologetically blurred needs if you want right now i'm offering a special discount code give giving you free u.s shipping that is code DADBOD. That's all caps, D-A-D-B-O-D. Code DADBOD at checkout will get you free shipping on all things on my store. So check us out. We appreciate you guys so much. Here we go. Hey, guys. Welcome to another exciting episode of Unapologetic Blurred. As per usual, I am your host, David Jackson, also known as Cage Bishop. Uh, today, I have a very, very special guest. Some of you that have been listening to the show for the last two years might recognize the intro music that I usually play uh, either at the beginning or the end. It depends on where I feel like putting it because of uh, Audacity uh, and um, because of Anchor. But uh, my intro was actually made by a guy that I've known for, God, it's been, and it's been near near like eight or nine years, I think, that since we've met. It's been a very long uh, yeah. time. Yeah, and I've... And I've probably known your brother for like half my life at this point. So. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody knows my brother. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is Nelson, also known as Leave Nelson B. Uh, this brother was kind enough to reach out to me when I started my, my podcast. He listened to it and said if I ever needed anything to let him know. And he uh, sent me the intro music, which is actually on one of his EPs as well. So, Nelson, uh, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself, man. I'm Lee Nelson B., a.k.a. Nelson Broadhead. Uh, I live in Garfield Heights from Ashville, Ohio. Um, my main content creation is music. I, I make music for a label, uh, Lonely Ghost Records, based out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. For those of you that haven't gotten to check out Nelson's stuff, it is available streaming right now as we speak. As a matter of fact, he just dropped the project today. Uh, you want to go uh, ahead and tell us about that today, Nelson? Uh, yeah, uh, me and a, a fellow label mate, um, Mars, uh, Mars Rodriguez, um, we decided to get together and become a group. And we are known as Discussing the Sun. We dropped uh, Feel It All as of uh, 
as of last night. And so far, the response has been great. Uh, yeah, people love, people like the record. Uh, we wrote it like a little more than a year ago. We wrote most of it in about three weeks, in about three weeks' time. And really? Like yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, so for those of you that haven't gotten to check it out yet, I listened to it. I told Nelson before we started recording, I listened to it this morning. And it is a real feel-good album. Like, it, it's very, very flowy, very lo-fi-ish. Um, it made me... It was that kind of music that I needed this morning to get my day going. Like, it wasn't too heavy, but it wasn't too light. It was just that that nice balance of, hey, man, I got stuff to do. I got to get ready for this interview. I got to set up the grill for my mom outside. And it was all stuff I could do while listening to that music without feeling like a sense of overwhelming or a huge energy rush or like a huge come down. I, re I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a challenging record. And the way that it got done so quickly is that... Uh, Mars had just experienced a lost a friend, lost a friend to the to, to death. I don't know what the particulars are, but you know, but basically it was them ex exercising all the emotions of of grief. And you know, like it gets like it starts off, you know, kind of angry, but it ends in a like lighter, good ending, positive note. You know, yeah, you can and definitely it, feel the emotion in the album. Yeah, and actually, like, Morris sampled their, their therapist for the record, too. So, like, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's definitely a therapeutic experience if you want to go deep into it, you know. And I'm glad I was able to facilitate that, that grieving process. Because when you're going for stuff like that, you don't want to worry about composing, mixing, you know, figuring out what synths to use and all that. Like, you need, like, you need to be produced, basically. You right, know? right, for sure. Um, so I want to talk, uh, I told you I've got a list of some cliche interview questions I wanted to go over with you. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of your inspiration, like what got you where you are with music now? What, what do you think was your biggest inspiration to get into the music business? Uh, there, there was a group from, uh, North Carolina called Little Brother. And when I was like, it was probably like 2000, 2001-ish where like the listening came out and... You know, you hear rumors of like how this album was like created on a computer and stuff with a program called Fruity Loops. And me and my me and my me and one of my friends, we actually got a cracked version of it and that pretty much started, you know, the, the music creation process for me. I actually still use FL Studio to this day. You know, so but yeah, it's it's it, that was basically the, the, the gear, the battery in my back was uh was listening to knife wonder beats on, on the listening of the first little brother record. Oh, wow. Well, and I mean, Fruity Loops, I, I know that's a lot of hip hop artists first start to is using Fruity Loops. Uh, yeah. And it's a very, it's very friendly in the sense that, you know, if you're just starting out, you can pretty much use it right out of the box. But if you're actually like, well, well practiced, it offers that deep, that deep, uh, manipulation as well. You know, like I left and went to logic and, Cubase, but I came back to FL Studio, FL Studio. You know, it's a good bang for the buck type of software, and it's very powerful. And it has like the best like in the box like plugins and instruments as well. You know, it's for my money. Right, right. So, uh, what drives you to keep going now with, with the current state of music? Which we'll get to that in a minute. But what is what drives you to keep producing, keep making music, and keep doing the thing that you love? Uh, therapy really like 
I, I got really heavy into it after I went to if I went through a therapy program uh, by the VA and you know like I quit I quit uh, drinking and stuff so I had like extra money laying around I just like suffered like the worst breakup I've ever had and I had to do something I had to keep myself busy because you know I don't mind you know right right but, uh, but yeah it, it's a it's a therapeutic thing for me and you know. Most of the time, sometimes I just want to be on that new shit, and I, other times I just want to show Nick is like, "What? Well, no, like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm very good. Right, right. <laughs> I'm very good at this shit. And you are. Yeah. You really are. And I really enjoy your stuff, man. And that's, I think that's what, um, what sets you apart from other artists that I listen to, is, I mean, just like the title of this show, you are so unapologetically you. Um, to where you know you know it's Nelson doing this music when you listen to it. Like you, you have your stamp all over it. And I appreciate that about you. I mean, you know, you, you get a lot of producers to where, you know, like, you know, growing up when we did, we always knew a Timbaland beat, you know? Yeah. You always, yeah. You always knew a Timbaland beat. You always, you always knew, like, there are certain things that like cool you off, like, at, like a large professor, the way he used uh sleigh bells instead of hi hats. You know what I mean? Like yeah. little things like that. And like as far as like being unapologetic, me that's just, that's an influence for my little sister actually. Uh, my my little my little sister had never had any shame whatsoever when it comes to being herself, and that's something that I learned from her. You know, I think I learned more from a little sister than she learned from me throughout, throughout our lives. You know, so sometimes they do teach us more, man, for sure. And I know your sister, and she she is a really really good person, and she definitely is always her, and I love that about her. And and that's again that's where the idea for this segment unapologetically blurred comes from is because being black and being different like i'm not going to get into the argument or the the discourse about you know oh well you know we got beat up for like an anime growing up i'm not going to do all that shit because that's real popularized right now on tiktok and whatnot but we were kind of the outcasts being black and being into things that weren't necessarily stereotypically black all the time so just being you and being able to express yourself and whatever you do as a black person and still maintaining that blackness is what unapologetically blurred is about. And uh, I really feel that through your work as well, like, like I said, you're unapologetically you and, and it just, it shines through so well. But um, what do you think as a black man in the music business, um, have you run into anybody that tries to make you into something that you're not musically? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've run into, I definitely run into people who like to steal my, steal my techniques and stuff like that. You know, cause, uh, I, I, I'm in the, I'm in the circles of like DIY indie musicians, uh, because that's, that's where my labels market primarily is. And, um, and if with that, you know, you're, you, run into a lot of people that don't look like me you know what i mean yep and like i like i remember uh my first my first uh like well i shouldn't say my first but my second my second uh lp with the label 2.0 where i basically chopped and chopped up like uh my labels like music like people who have released the music on the label they label allowed me to like chop that up and sample it and whatever and create something new and then other people try do try doing that like a year afterwards you know like and i had a podcast where because in a digital era we don't have liner notes for cds you know you remember the days of like taking the liner notes into the bathroom or some shit and reading 
they're reading like the thank you section of a CD or something. Right, like that. right. Um, and then other people started stealing my podcast ideas. So I really got the feeling of you know that 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 black feeling where everything you create is never going to be all your own, and somebody's going to repackage it. When you're black, you're <laughs> yeah, never yeah, really lonely. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, and you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, it it. We are the innovators of so much. And like I he before he passed away, and this is one line from the Chappelle show that I took from Paul Mooney. Before he passed, it was I think season one, we was talking about it. Everybody wanna be a nigga, but nobody wanna be a nigga. And that is the hundred percent truth, and you we see it reflected in life and everything. And I wasn't gonna talk about this on this podcast, but bro, we see it with what's going on right now with Disney and the Little Mermaid, you know. Like we 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 can't have nothing. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like the, the thing that pisses me off about the Little Mermaid thing is that these are the first people that will co-opt the black struggle, and right? Be like, and not say it directly, but be like, no, we're the new black people now because we are being disenfranchised while literally at the same time, right? <laughs> complaining about you know a, a a black mermaid that is not a real human being, right? So what? God, man, I I really love all the people that are like, well, what if they remade Roots with all white people? And I'm like, make the movie. Please make that movie. Yeah, see the market for that movie. Please make the movie. I want to know who sees it so I know who to fucking not talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We want to remake Color Purple with all white people. I bet you won't. I bet you won't do it. (laughs) You know? And this is the thing. It's like, you know, when, when you talk about things like, okay, like the Elvis biopic dropped this year. I'm. I did not pay I'm to watch that fan. movie. I'm, I'm going. I, I. I. I'm not an Elvis fan at all. I did not pay to watch that movie. I'm going to watch it for free on my HBO Max because I'm going to probably talk about it while I'm watching it to see if they address the fact that him and his label stole black music. Because you know they don't. <laughs> I mean, did they touch on uh, his uh, his uh, pedophilia as well? I, I mean, bet they don't. <laughs> I bet they don't. <laughs> Well, yeah, he he he's the product of like Chuck Berry and them, you know what I mean, and Little yeah. Richard. Like right. without that, no Elvis. There's no market for Elvis, you know. Right. And people and remember they try to sell the story of how he was being discriminated against because he swung his hips a certain way. Like no, <laughs> like no. Like, the fact that Elvis exists and is massively popular, and like we don't, re- you don't revere Chuck Berry and Little Richard the same way, is like proof that he's that he wasn't discriminated against. Like. That dude was on TV with a acoustic guitar playing electric rock song. Right. Like, <laughs> right. But like it was so inauthentic, and it was like, and just that face, that face, that slick back hair, that you know, that uh, that streetcar named Desire, Marlon Brando thing he had going on, like that. That was that. Those were all like planned images and planned things and planned marketing. Oh yeah, you know? they definitely they definitely did that on purpose, and then to to cover up the fact that he was stealing our sound in the process. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when uh, Eminem came out, people were comparing like, no, it's not the same comparison because Eminem outright acknowledges the people that influenced them almost right. to to the point of like a fault. You know, so, right? He like, literally will go on. He name drops on just about every album. Yeah, yeah, like, like and, even like uh, to like collapse, like he. he like half of his verse is just a list of his favorite rappers. Right. Like, <laughs> it goes Reggie, <laughs> Tupac, and Biggie. 
Right. Right. This is like where whereas then you have people like like Kid Rock, who people don't realize started out straight up doing black music like he was a rapper with a high top fade in the whole nine that now does not acknowledge that at all. The thing is he used to acknowledge it. Yeah. He used to do. You know, like Well then like, he, he then he found his fame in white people and he didn't need us anymore. No, yeah, he didn't need it. He didn't need too short going on tour with him, you know, like, you know, but yeah, when he first started, he was all about like name dropping Run DMC, but now you won't even see those, like, you won't see those names anymore. Right. I actually saw Kid Rock with Run DMC. My first, the first concert I went to was Kid Rock, Run DMC and Aerosmith. And like, I gave the dude props because he was, you know, he played every instrument on stage and I was like, oh man, this dude actually appreciates where he comes from and what he does. Like he even like. Uh, was on the turntable scratching and shit and now it's just like you see him and it's like bro you have fallen so far (laughs) yeah and another thing i've run into is music theory right and i I think like people who ask you like oh like did you like were you like in band in high school like no i wasn't in band in high school i don't know how to read music i don't know (laughs) i didn't learn any classical way of how to do music i did it by brute force right you know and like the fact that like you don't know guitar scales or like you know the tonal the tonal uh, theory of like 18th century German composers like put you like oh you're not a real musician you know what I mean like oh, I, I man I, um, so you know you know I used to spin you know I used to DJ um, yeah. I used to get into it with people all the time because they would tell me I wasn't a real musician and I'm like okay then come up here and do what I do. Yeah, basically, yeah. And mind you, I could read, I can read music. I played the flute and the saxophone in high school. Well, not high school, in junior high. Um, But it didn't really apply to what I was doing other than the fact that my natural rhythm and my ear for music let me take, you know, uh, I can mix this Snoop Dogg song and, and fade into this Chris Brown song and then go from there into this rock song and then go from there into a country song. I know music. Yeah. I know sounds. know music more than, like, most people. Yeah. You have to. It's your job, you know? like. But I had so many people tell me I wasn't a real musician, and I'm like, just because I don't play the guitar, just because I don't play the keyboard doesn't mean this isn't real music, what I do. Like, yes, I'm taking sounds from other, from things that already exist, but I'm doing it in a way that you can't do. Now, I will say the art form is kind of tainted now, as far as DJing goes. Well, the DJ when we were kids, like the DJ was the was the man, right? Like the DJ was like was like like every rapper had to have one in right. order to be like you know like official, like like you like if you saw Will Smith without Jazzy Jeff, you're like what the, what's going on? Like right, right. What, what's going on here? If you saw like you know Gangstar without DJ Premier, like you you were if something was wrong, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you wouldn't see PMD without Scratch. Like they they were there. Uh, you, you know, so like, yeah, like the DJ was uh, was very, very important. And, you know, now that has like gone away, you know, and now you have like, you you, ha- you have like producer tags on records now that kind of like replace that whole element of scratching, which I don't like, you know, I don't want to hear, uh, I don't want to hear like, what, what what's that guy that does records with two chains? Um, uh, I don't want him to hear Blue to bless this beat like four times throughout the song. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. You know, I don't want to hear just even though know, Just Blaze is a DJ. I want to. I want some. You know, give me some good fucking nod scratches or something like that. Right. I think Mirrors like 
Future Premier and DJ Jazzy Jeff are still keeping that torch alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love watching <laughs> Jeff's live stream. Like he he he's his uh he was doing um lunchtime streams for the longest time during lockdowns and it was just really, really entertaining to see still. Have you seen his uh Peter Piper routine? Yes. Oh my god, man. <laughs> yes. That Peter Piper routine is amazing. Yeah, like, it is. That, oh, that's man. what like, okay. Wait, my DJ made my day. It's my goddamn DJ made my day. <laughs> that so that that's that's Jeff. That's Jeff saying no, man. Like, this is still important, right? You know, like <laughs> right. I went to well, well, you know, I went to see Wu Tang two weeks ago in, in concert, and um, I Buster Rhymes was supposed to open and and blossom, and he didn't. He canceled, and I was worried. I was like, oh man, because like the, we went to see Wu at the Agora three four years ago, and like. Ghostface Killer's little cousin Lazarus was the opener and dude was straight trash. And I was like, I really hope they ain't bringing nobody up on stage that's like this cat. But instead, it was DJ Scratch from EPMD. And Nelson, to watch a live DJ again, to watch a live DJ at a show, like actually Scratch Mix and stuff was... was I, I came home and was looking for a way to find room to set up my turntables. I don't have space right now. <laughs> wow, yeah, and that's 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 a whole other thing in, in, in and of itself. Like, no, you need you need somebody to to, to show you. Like, no, man, I I work I work these uh, angles really nicely. Right. You know. Right. So well, think, if, if you see them bringing like real records out too, like they're not doing like you know, like a uh, Serato. Yeah, 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 Serato. If yeah. they're not, not doing Serato, they're just bringing out like real records. Like I've seen that happen before, and and when I lived in England, and that's. That's just like they're hot swapping records and shit. It's it's so it's such an impressive feat in yeah. and of itself. I'm surprised they brought DJ Scratch and not a lot of mathematics. He, know, uh, mathematics uh, did he spun for Wu Tang when they were actually on stage? Okay. Scratch okay. was just the opening act and like one of the best opening acts I've seen in a show in a very long time. Yeah, I was actually a man by himself that can that control a crowd of like hundreds. Yeah, and he he really did control the crowd too, man. He got us going like that was amazing. Uh, and I was worried at first because like they just had you know they had the music playing at first before the opening act started, and we're sitting there, and I got cards on the table here. Uh, MGK walked past me and me and Jeannie, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this nigga better not be getting up on stage. <laughs> I will be leaving and demanding my money back. There was an MGK show like a like a month ago, I believe, and like there were so many like people coming into. I work at a hospital. There were so many people coming with like overdoses and shit. I they bet were, there were. were. <laughs> I don't even partake, and I'd have to be high to listen to D, to, to MGK. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but he's like he's not even a rapper like that anymore. At least I, I don't think so. No, you know? no, like, he got he got. He's the only artist I know of that got kicked out of two different genres for talking shit on people that were in the genre already. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah. Eminem kicked his ass, and then Slipknot kicked it. Kept it. Was it Slipknot? Yeah, Slipknot uh, kicked yeah, his Boy ass. Yeah, Taylor was, uh, yep. was uh, yeah. Because he started talking shit on them. At the festival, they were at together. And then Corey Taylor, Taylor showed receipts. It was like, nah, he wanted to be on stage with us. Here's all the proof. <laughs> I will say that's some Ohio ass shit, though. It really is. It really is. You can tell that dude is from here. Hey, you can tell, yeah. But um, so while we're on it, um, what what are your thoughts on? And I mean, I'm I hate to be this thirty eight year old man, but I understand sometimes now what our parents were saying about how our music when to them was was bad. 
What are your current thoughts on the state of music in general? Not just hip-hop, but music in general. What are, you, what are you thinking about the industry right now? I mean, I, I think, uh, like, like culture changes, right? Like, right. And I think, uh, you know, we, we don't live in an era where we have regional radio anymore. Uh, we don't we don't live in an era where we have uh, where we have to like ask our parents to buy because like to buy our CDs and shit, you know. Because like in and when we were kids, like our parents had to buy the shit that they don't like, <laughs> you know. What I mean? <laughs> right. Like like oh I don't understand it. Like you bought this for me, mom. Like what the like, what's, what the hell what the hell's your problem, you know? And um and it's just like uh and we all have free access to everything and i think we uh we like music by consensus now you know and you know whether for what for what reason or not but i think certain things are definitely popular now that would not be popular when we were kids and i think that's ultimately a good thing you know i don't like it when like especially old hip-hop heads want to want to want to be like on just on like the the south the south side of bigotry when it comes to newer artists like i think we should be protecting uh little nas x not you know oh you're absolutely right like ignoring it we should be protecting little b you know i have bumped little nas x's albums every time they drop like my daughter hates old town road because i played that song every day for like three weeks (laughs) so big so you know like right it does and like his his montero was a fire album like i as as a straight black hip-hop head like i was fucking with that album and i don't understand other than like you said bigotry i don't understand why people had an issue with it because honestly when it comes down to it he's really doing no different than what like prince did in his genre oh hell hell no he's not doing any like yeah he's the he's the next logical progression you know what i mean right i mean fucking itty bangs man i love that song yeah oh man I mean, like, but, I love we love Prince. All of us, like, grew up listening to Prince and shit, but, like, Prince had a song about sleeping with his sister. Like, <laughs> and we just accepted that. But now, like, Lil Nas X is like, hey, I'm openly gay. I'm going to kiss a guy on stage, and I'm going to grind on the devil. And people are like, oh, no, we can't do that. Why not? What What's the problem with it? I, I don't understand what the issue is here. Like, the issue is, is that, like, I don't know. Old, old old heads have a lot of problems. They they, they really do. Yeah, but like, I, think, I think city music now. I think it's, I th- I think it's really healthy. I think people have access to their fans a lot more readily. Um, I mean, because like the gatekeeping has has pretty much subsided on the industry level. I think, and I think if you're an artist, like if I if I if if uh, discussing the sun gets like, you know, a hundred thousand plays, like. In, 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 in like a month I can take that and go to like Island Def Jam and be like yo like can I get like a an EP deal or something like that you know what I mean yeah yeah whereas I couldn't do that in the days of like in the days of like you know raucous and and like you know Rough Riders and shit like I, I couldn't do that I have to actually like you know you had to like, sell a hundred thousand copies out of your car before they'd even look at you well, yeah, and, and but the thing is, I can create my own, I can create my own market, and basically, I can just do what I want to do now. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at later. look at this show, like I've only had uh, like twenty three hundred plays, but like I wouldn't have been able to do this fifteen years ago. Oh yeah, no way. Like and like those twenty three hundred people, like one of them can go on to create a show that has a hundred thousand listeners because you've made a show that had twenty three hundred. Right. You know and. I don't know if you heard about the DJ Academics and LL Cool J thing that happened like a couple of days ago. No. 
but basically DJ Academic says something to the effect of like, you know, these old heads are they don't have any money, so why are they valuable or something to that effect? And LL Cool J was like, no, man, because like they were doing something that hasn't been done before. You couldn't have a five year plan as a rapper in eighty five. You couldn't have a ten year plan. You couldn't get signed to a label that didn't believe in you. You couldn't get a management and an accountant that was like, yo, this is this is this is the new shit. No, like people didn't believe in it until like I will say when white people started buying into rap in droves was when the chronic came out. And I think that's when when Jimmy Iovine got behind it. That was when people bought into it, yeah. You know, and um, and I and that's like, and plus the Chronic is probably one of the most important albums in my lifetime, you know, for that and many other reasons. But but yeah, you didn't have you didn't have like an ability to do a twenty year plan, and you know, between like eighty one and eighty nine, you know what I mean? Right, right. And I mean, you like, know, so. I, I'm one of those guys, and this I stand by this mantra in everything when it comes to TV, movies, comics, books. Um, video games, whatever, music now especially, I am one of those old heads that doesn't like a lot of new artists. But you know what I don't do? I don't sit around and shit on them all day. I don't have to consume it because I don't like it. Like, it's not that difficult. Like, but if, but there are a lot of young up-and-comers that I'm like, oh, I listen, like, like we just said, like Lil Nas X, I fuck with. I fuck with Corday. Like, there, there's a lot of shit that is out that made me go, damn, I should listen to this and give them a chance. But then if I don't like their entire album, it's not 1996 anymore to where I just spent 25 bucks on a CD for one song. I can listen to that one song. I can add that one song to a playlist now. I think before, and I think, I think you may feel this as a parent, especially as you get, as your daughter gets older, is that our parents had more of a control of what we listened to, you know, whereas, for like, sure. you know, Whereas, like, there, there's content, you know, but just there's just content everywhere now. Yeah, you know, that's accessible on almost every platform that has an internet connection. My kid know? is like, a half black little, half white little girl, and bro, let me tell you how much Katy Perry I've had to listen to in the last ten years. <laughs> well, yeah, just imagine, you know, stuff that they're going to listen to that you don't know about. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. You know, so we we have we have that as well. But like, yeah, I, I love a lot of new new people like you know like i just got done with my like 90 days of bumping the kendrick lamar record you know now i'm back on denzel curry you uh, know. denzel curry's hot um kendrick lamar i need to get back to because i need to buy it on vinyl <laughs> i need I, think to- I, bought the CD. I don't buy vinyl as much anymore even though i have like a nicer record player now uh i i mo- i primarily buy vinyl i typically don't buy cd because like all of our devices are interconnected including our phones to the car but i need to listen to that record on vinyl because i know it's going to be good yeah and you know uh kodak black notwithstanding but yeah like it's uh, yeah that's a whole other conversation <laughs> that's not that's one of the new people i don't get behind but i think yeah it's always been like that where you have like yeah, you have you have like the small amount of like uh, people that appeal to you, whether it be, you know, like like uh, whether whether it be like Skilo from a previous era, you know, because not everybody was bumping a charcoal quest back in those days, you know, like we right. had you had a you had a, you had a diverse sound even then, but it was much more controlled. Whereas like now, like 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 uh, what was that song? Uh, Sheck was uh, was that Mambo? <laughs> that that would have came out like <laughs> right. That wouldn't have came out, you know, back See, in the... When I was in high school, like, I put a lot of people on the juveniles 400 degrees. 
on cassette tape. That's that's how old I am. Um, and people didn't like it when Ha came out. And I was like, this shit is innovative. Like, this is Southern rap. This is innovative. This is different than what we're used to. And then as I was listening to the album, I was like, track six, Back That Ass Up is going to be a banger. And y'all going to be, li- this this summer, we're going to be listening to it. And sure enough, that was the next single he dropped. And that's when everybody jumped on the album. And I was like, I fucking told you. Like, I've had this thing since February. What the fuck took y'all so long? But yeah, for 400 degrees, like, th- like before that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm from Florida, like, you know, and I was geographically close to New Orleans at that time. Right. And I never heard anything like, like Ha before, before that came out, you know, like, like, I, I never heard anything like this, uh, like this, like this before, like, you know, it was new, it was new and it was good, Yeah. you know, and, you know, if great, uh, I, I would I would much rather have known all the things that Birdman was doing behind the scenes at that time. But yeah, that like, that's that that's yet again that's tied into that whole other conversation. You know, he you is. Know, but Ma- like Master P make him say, "Oh, that was that that came out of nowhere, dude." Like, it did, and people shit on that. People shit on Percy Miller like that motherfucker is not a businessman. He might not be the best rapper on the planet, but that man is a businessman. His family has been and will always be taken care of now. Oh, yeah. And, and make him say, oh, that record came out, I believe, in 98. Yep. The same year that fucking, uh, uh, what was it, Equimini came out? Yep. The same year that Volume 2, uh, In My Life, well, no, that wasn't, with the Jay-Z album with uh, with that Annie song on there. Oh, that yeah. was the same year that Noriega came out with his debut album. That was the same year that a trial called Quest released their what would have been their last album for the next seventeen years. Like and Master P came out with a crown on that record. And no and I never heard Master P before. You know, like Right. I had I had a few no, friends he that did it independently. He did it independently. I had that a, was I had a few friends that put me on the ice cream man before make him say uh dropped. And I like that, but then when Make Em Say Un came out, that was like the party record of the year for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So like, I think I think when when uh, somebody like uh, Little Nas X comes out, I think people need to take heed and not just criticize. Oh, he dresses this. No, that guy's dope. He's a dope rapper. I remember hearing the same thing about like. I mean, granted, this is for different reasons, but like because we didn't get behind Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks wowed out. You know what I mean? Like, she literally did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, it because we did because the people didn't get behind her, even though Azalea Banks is better than 99% of rappers out there. Right. You know, like. Well, then you got problems like, I, I'm, I am going to throw her under the bus. Then you got, like, Doja Cat and people ate that shit up. And it's like, she's very, she's black, but anti black. Like, y'all really eating this shit up? Like, she doesn't like who she is. And that's a problem to me. When you get caught in chat rooms letting racist white dudes call you nigger to, to, to buy feet pics from you, that's stupid. And I, and I attribute that to that being a young a young person's uh, mistake. Because you like, oh, man. Because I've fallen for that trap before where I just want to, like, get along with other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But, like, it just, I don't know, man. It just bothers me. When you're a public figure, it hits way different. You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. For sure, especially you know her most recent shit was sliding into uh, the old boy from Stranger Things inbox to get him a seventeen year old to hook her up with another actor, and then she was surprised that the child leaked their text. It's like he's a child. <laughs> what yeah, you, like, you think was going to happen? <laughs> hey, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, especially if you're a dude. You definitely can't do that. But yeah, like right. 
Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Sorry. Right. <laughs> you know, but like I think Doja Cat has other industry problems, like being under contract with um with Dr. Luke, who had that famous lawsuit with uh with Kesha. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and man, I I still think about that Lady Gaga deposition, and that was like one of the most powerful things I've ever read in my life. But but yeah, like I I think Doja Cat has has some problems and probably takes it out on on um. Uh, the people that support her. Very true. Most. I do yeah, think, yeah. I do think like you were saying though, like we, we really gotta, there are levels to this shit and you gotta support the up and comers, even when like, and if it's something you don't like, you just don't have to, to indulge in it. Like, I mean, let's be honest here. Like I love Wu-Tang Clan is one of my all time favorite rap groups, but I do not fuck with Capadonna solo stuff. I don't like it. Do not like it, but I don't like blast him because of it. I just don't like it. Have you have you seen that one where he's like spices like photo of him crouching in the forest with like a tiger or some shit? I did. Uh, it was two years ago. It was his album, his cover art, and somebody was like, "What in the clip art is this bullshit?" Yeah, it was Black Tarzan. That's what that's what it was. It was Black Tarzan. Yeah, the yeah, record actually wasn't too bad though. It really wasn't. It was actually one of his better albums. But man, that cover, I cannot have that appearing on my phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what you listening to? Nothing. Nothing. Don't worry yeah. about. You know, and, and it's like it's like the same like when we when we uh, it's, the same, it's the same thing with Death Grips, right? When Death Grips came out, it was very divisive until Kanye West pretty much stole the sound. You know, yeah. like you know, it, it, yeah, yeah. We need to get better of at like embracing the people who are actually like truly different. And don't get me wrong, people who follow hip hop conventions, you know, your Denzels, your Kendricks, your your White Bean Cordays, your your Two Chains, like yeah, love those dudes because they're fucking good. But like. When somebody's like actually challenging, you know, what is black music? Because like we invented rock and roll, we invented jazz, we invented blues, like, yep. and we did pretty much all of this in the fucking delta of Mississippi. You know, there is a black, talk. there's a black model uh, woman. Her name is Stormy Maya. She was in um the she was in the movie Hustlers with J Lo. Um, beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, and she recently dropped a rock album. Uh, well, at least a single. And the single is called I'm Taking My Culture Back because rock and roll is black. And man, did people try to eat her up about that shit. Mostly white folks. But they were like, oh, no, rock and roll is not black. And it's like, but it is. Like, you know, without us, you wouldn't have the music that y'all listen to. You wouldn't have electric guitar. You wouldn't have the drum beats and the bass and everything because we did that. And she's yeah. absolutely right. We're taking our culture back. So when you see black artists doing things that are outside of the convention, like you were saying, uh, there's enough. There's a couple of black punk bands. There's well, there's more than a couple, but they're like really popular. And then there was a black uh, kid that is in a rock band on TikTok, to where every time somebody left a negative comment, he reposted his same video, to where it was a video of them performing their songs, and it was always like, well. Shouldn't he be rapping? Shouldn't he be singing R&B? And then he's doing the rock song. Every time he did that, every time he got one of those comments, he'd repost a video and the song blew up. And it's like, you guys are fueling our art with your hate right now because we're going to be different no matter what. And yet again, that goes back to what it means to be unapologetically blurred. Blurred is black nerd. It's portmanteau for black nerd. But on that same note, it just means being black and being what you're into. It doesn't matter what you're about, what you're into. Like you can be a black kid that doesn't listen to anything but classical classical music. Be you. You like Beethoven? Be you. Also, yeah. Beethoven was mixed race, but nobody talks about that. Um, 
You can be a black kid that solely plays chess competitively. Be you. You can be a black kid that solely builds radio control cars and, and, and planes. Be you. That's what this is about. So in the music industry, that should reflect that as well because we have done so much for this industry as a people that people have stolen from us that we should be allowed to do what the fuck we want. We are more than gospel R&B and hip hop. We exist in everything, and that's the way it should be. If everything that is fun is thanks to everything that is fun in America, in in my mind, is thanks to you know uh, black people in Mississippi and black people in Detroit. Yep. And black people in the Bronx, like like that. That's the, that's the center of everything that is fun is those three places. Because on one end you have you know the the the, the, the rock music origin in uh, in Mississippi. You have you know, not to mention uh, Detroit techno, and that was also like invented by black people, which is still celebrated. Detroit uh, Electronic Music uh, Festival, you know, like, like, yeah, we even we invented techno. For fucking, we invented punk in Detroit with the with a band called Death. You know, like, you know, and not to mention like hip hop, which I think was like, you know, like uh, pretty much a uh, reaction to them taking away like programs, music programs from schools and shit. Yep. You know, so they took. They took the thing that everybody had in their house and made a whole new art form industry and the thing that's like conquering the world right now. You know, the world does not move without hip hop right now. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I mean, know, even when commercials had like auto tune and shit. You know? like, <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. A lot of people made money off of our backs, off of shit that is uh, uh, like ours unapologetically because it was up to Europeans we'll be still be banging hymnals and shit right. you know you wouldn't have your Beatles you wouldn't have your Rolling Stones you wouldn't have none of that shit that you guys celebrate you know you wouldn't have the, the classic cars that you guys have that were largely built by by black slaves by families of black slaves you know like I'm pretty sure you have relatives I have relatives that worked for GM for a generation right. you know what I mean like Right. People, people don't understand how much we've contributed to this country. Like, people do not get it. Well, no, that's a lie. They get it. They don't care. They don't care until it affects them. Then all of a sudden, they care. I mean, and again, that's a, whole, that's a whole other conversation. But we have done so much for just entertainment. Just, just entertainment is because of black folks. And people don't want to give us that credit. Um. Oh, don't, don't even get me started on, on, on black speak. Oh, bro. Oh. <laughs> Nelson, please tell me you've been on TikTok in the last two weeks. Oh, God, man. Please tell me you've seen, you, you know who I'm talking about, the blonde bitch? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't been on TikTok that often. Bro, there's, there's a girl. She's the one that was going around the beginning of the winter uh, that was like, I didn't know your hair could grow. From up here, I thought it grew from down here and just kept grew like that. And she was talking with a black scent. And then her name is Britt Barbie, I think, because every all these white wannabe black girls got to have Barbie in their name in some fucking way. Well, there was recent controversy because she did a beat. Well, I don't know if she did the beat. She did a song, quote song, where all she goes is period ah period uh period ah period uh you are period ah I am period. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And then, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us are on TikTok saying we're celebrating mediocrity and this is what happened. Supposedly she got signed, but then come to find out the dude that quote signed her is all a scam anyway. It's all bullshit. But she got millions of views off of that shit. Off of speaking with a black scent, 
off of having like the long fake eyelashes, the fake nails, uh, the the long fake curly black styled wig. She got millions of views. But the second a black person does something like that, I mean, case in point, uh, an artist I, f- I listen to that you'd probably fuck with on um, Spotify, Iniko. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I do know them. Yeah, they uh, they did a song uh, called "The King's Affirmation." It's their song, hundred percent their song. Took a video of themselves singing their song in their house. TikTok removed the sound. It was their song. Within a week of that, a white boy was in an amphitheater that was empty, covering said song, and it got 9 million views with the sound intact. And it's like, wait wait a goddamn minute. Inico made that song. Why, what is going on here? Yeah, I've had that happen where I where my where sounds on my my own music gets uh gets removed and I have to like you know like beg that like I have to send I have to like dispute it and like no I'm actually the content holder right, <laughs> I'm no. actually the copyright holder of right this. yeah this is absolutely mine and that <laughs> typically that typically only happens to us if you notice on this particular app yeah uh, actually it happens on it happens on SoundCloud sometimes too. Yeah, I can I, I can definitely see that I can see that, yeah. but uh but yeah like yeah it's 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 kind of it's weird it's 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 weird but you know at the same time the the fight gets uh the fight in me gets uh dwindled because I expect it you know what I mean yeah and that's the sad part yeah that, that that's the sad part because like I'm I'm like I'm about to be thirty five like you know I, I I've been. I've been black for quite a while and like, I, I know how it goes. I know how it goes. I know, I know the deal, you know, and sometimes you need to forget the deal and be angry. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, man. Like, I don't think, especially, okay. Now, and I, I know you've seen my posts in the past and stuff, and I haven't had anything happen in a very long time, but if you notice, and this ain't even hate toward my friends, my family, my people, but it's always anytime I'm like, oh man, this white dude called me the N-word at my job today and da-da-da-da-da. I didn't react, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's always my white friends and family that are like, fuck that. Cuss him out. You should have da-da-da-da. It's like, yeah, but you guys get to act like that. We don't. Yeah, you get to do that. If I become angry, all of a sudden, you know, yeah. like, I, like I'm literally putting my life on, on the line. You know right, what I mean? Right. I'm we literally... don't get to be reactionary all the time. And it's because yeah. the, the second we react, we speak for all of black people. America, which is not fair, but that's the way it works. The second, even if I get called out of my name to my face in a room full of people that see it happen, the second I'm like, fuck you, then all of a sudden, oh, he was such a well-spoken black boy until that. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, I've been called an Oreo in my life. Oh, my God. Man. Bro, <laughs> I don't accept that shit anymore. Yeah, or you, you're so articulate, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. You, you're so well-spoken. Fuck you. Yeah, get the fuck out of my face, man. Yeah, I had somebody at the height of, uh, it was pre-George Floyd, so it's pre-2020. It was like 2018, 2019. A dude is, quote, a friend of mine. And he was like, oh, we all know you're a white boy on the inside. And I was like, say that shit one more time. And he's like, what? I said, say that shit one more fucking time, and we're going to see who's actually white. I got... I'm done with it. I don't I don't accept it anymore. And I mean, for years, we did put up with that shit because we didn't know that it was okay for us to stand up for ourselves. But even then, you're allowed to stand up for yourself. But like, just depending on how you do it, it might be the end of your life that day. What people don't realize, white people especially, is we wake up every morning not knowing is today going to be the call, the day that Karen 
calls 911 on me for just simply existing and I get the trigger happy cop and I don't make it home to my daughter. And, and, and it, it's even being in like a state of like, I work in an electronic store for Christ's sake, but even being in a state like that or like being in the music industry or being an entertainer or being a, a, a writer, whatever, excuse me, we have to walk on eggshells because there are certain things that we still don't get to do. Me and my ex, uh, Carolyn, I believe you met Carolyn yeah, a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. But uh, we were at a we were at a Beachwood Mall, and you know where Beachwood Mall is, right? Sure do. Like, yep. Yeah. And uh, we were up. I forgot what store we were in, but um, we were we were like witnessing like this uh, black girl get arrested, right, for stealing, for allegedly stealing something. And while while they're making a huge display of like, because you know, because for me, my experience, because I've been arrested for shoplifting before, and my experience is they take you out back. And they, you know, they, they take you out back, they talk to you, you know, and then they then then they cite you and they're not, not resting you, putting you in handcuffs and shit. You know, you know what I mean? Yep. I used to work undercover at Kmart, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a ticket and we went home. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah, we got a ticket, we got a summons and we we went home. You know, that was that was it. We didn't get arrested or nothing like that. But as we're watching this happen, there's a guy that literally took off his belt and put on <laughs> put on one from the store and just walked out the store with it. <laughs> and, I, and it was a white dude. When, while I was working undercover <laughs> at Kmart, uh, Jeannie and I, and most people that listen to the show now know I'm in an interracial relationship. Jeannie and I went to a Target in Lakewood. I think it was like, no, it was in Lindhurst. It was Target in Lindhurst. And uh, we're walking around shopping, minding our own business. And I noticed a security guard looking at me as soon as we walk in. And then I knew what the camera sounded like because it's the same camera system we had at Kmart. So I could hear the cameras turning toward me every time I'm walking down an aisle. And I told Jeannie, I said, they've been watching us the entire time we're in here. And she's like, seriously? I said, yeah, oh, 100%. They've been following every move we're making. So we go down to electronics. And there's a white boy about 15, 16 years old wearing big-ass cargo shorts. And he's popping CDs. You remember how they used to have the, uh, the big, like, plastic protectors on them? in stores he's popping them out of those and putting them in his pockets while they're watching me so we left got our stuff we get up front and security's waiting at the end of the register where we're checking out and i told genius like i really hope this guy knows that if he touches me i own this store and while they're busy watching us and i said it loud enough i said while they're busy watching us there's a white boy in electronics has been cleaning y'all out and we left Yep, yep, and uh, yeah, Beachwood Mall is no different, man. <laughs> I remember Beachwood Mall. Was no... I remember uh, I went to go buy an ex, uh, like so... I forgot what it was, uh, but it was a store that I would not be normally found in, right? Right. And I and I, it, it was, I think it was it was Victoria's Secret, right? Victoria's Secret and, and uh, Lane Bryant, because I because like gaming sizes, bras are expensive. They're very expensive things, right? And I, and I was and I was like my for Christmas gift, and. Dave, when I say it, I've never been, I've been, I was watched by every employee in the store, every single one. <laughs> like, I'm going to go in there and just take some shit and leave. <laughs> like, right. Like, like, no, like, I need help. <laughs> like, you know, and if I, every time I looked around, like, everybody, like, disappeared, but, like, you know, everybody's around when I'm looking at shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep. You know, and I, I've been followed in so many stores. It's, 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 it's just something that happens. Years ago, you know? I was with <laughs> years ago, I was with your brother, and we were at uh, Fye. Um, and it was me, him, Aubrey, 
Ferg, Genie, and uh, Lo Wong was with us, I believe. Oh, that was the first mistake because you niggas love them anime shits. They're gonna steal my shirts. And- right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's seriously the second we get in there, they are on top of all of us. Like all every everywhere when I had Genie separate from us, I was like, I want to see something. Genie and Mark, and they went off by themselves. They didn't. Nobody was near them. But wherever we were, they were watching us, and me, me and your, you know, me and your brother were like, "Yeah, we, we're leaving. <laughs> we were gonna buy ship, and now we're not. See ya." Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, like, you know, even just going into a micro center sometimes, you know, it's like you get that. Hey, you looking? You need something? You need something? You need something? You need? Yeah. Something? But every time we go in there with a white person, I start a counter. That's <laughs> two times. That's three. You know, because they, they're, they're not tactile about it. Just ask you, hey, you need anything? Like, no, nah, nah, man, thank you. Right. You know, to the point where I've learned how to look at things that are, like, in the next aisle so I don't have to go in there because I know as soon as I go in that aisle, yep. it's going to be the question. Yep. The it. one time I had a really, really good experience there was when I went with Ferg and he was picking up a chair and it was a black kid that was helping us and he left us alone. Like, he literally, he came in the room, he's like, you guys need help loading that or anything? We're like, no, we're good. And he's like, all right, if you need anything, let me know. And he walked away. So then before we left, we made sure we got his sticker because, you know, they get commission. We got his sticker yeah. and put it on the box because we're like, no, that kid actually helped us. Nobody else in this place did. You followed me. You followed me. You followed me. That kid actually helped us. I need his information so he can make I make sure he gets paid today. I mean, I, the last time I went there, I had a decent experience, but I also came in there with a white guy. So Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> so like, I'm pretty sure they thought yeah. me and Ferg were a couple because we were in an uh, – yeah, uh, a Buick rendezvous and picking up a computer chair together. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was my last experience too, because I was in there with another musician and he tried to sell us like a gaming computer and shit. They were like, "No, nah, we're, we're, we're we're musicians, dude." Right. Like, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. You want this one? I got you. All right. Cool. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's just so. It's so. Oh, guitar centers are worse. I fucking hate guitar centers. I, I have not stepped foot back in a guitar center in 15 oh. years. Oh god, Guitar Center! Oh man. No, I used to and go to. I, 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 I want to go in there. I want to go in there. I want to try shit. You know, I want to be like the white boys. I could just pick up a guitar and start playing without anybody bothering them. But I can't. Right. I'm not that guy. I touch a keyboard. Uh, it's like it's like bees. You know. Like, <laughs> how I want? You know. Okay. Oh, what do you know about that? I'm like none of your fucking business. I'm here shopping. My man, what's up? What's right. up? Like. <laughs> I got laughed yeah. at when I started out DJing and we went into we went into Guitar Center. Like, dude acted like I didn't know what I was talking about. So we went down to Sam Ash. Yeah, Sam Ash is pretty cool. There's actually a, a twin uh, twin bike brothers that work at uh, Sam Ash now. Oh, and nice. Actually, yeah. I can't afford to replace my DJ equipment, so I don't go into Sam Ash anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a nicer experience. It's a way nicer experience. Oh, 100%. They have, that, uh, they have that Mexican joint down by there you can go to afterwards but yeah, yep like, el taco macho yeah i know exactly what you're yeah. talking about yeah but yeah man it's it's oh go for it no be, being a musician is a weird thing you know and it's like being a musician that you know that that primarily sampled for for a while is uh is you know that's that's my that's my wheelhouse i know how to do that and i can do it well and i can do it better than anybody who thinks they can do it better than me you know like like no and people try to copy my style people try to jock my shows people try to jock my my album cover styles and you know and it's it's just 
something I you, you have to live with. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know, like, 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 like I remember people making fun of me for liking uh, Aquaman more than I like Black Panther. Okay, so like we I, like, we like I, like admittedly said, enough, admittedly enough, you and I used to butt heads about Aquaman. But then the but, new, but, but for then, a white person to tell me, oh yeah, I bet you like Black Panther. I'm like, no nah, man, I'm I'm Aquaman all day. Like, right, right, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a problem. You know? It's like, no different than when the old white dude rolled up to me when Obama was running. I was like, I bet you're voting for Obama, aren't you? It's like you don't know me. <laughs> oh god, I remember when uh, I saw Shredder Compton. And some people are like, "Be safe!" I'm like, what do you mean, be safe? It's a fucking movie. Like, right? What do you, what do you, mean, what do you mean by that? Now, you know? that so, said, that said, with Black Panther two coming out, I hate the fact that we do have to make sure we're okay going to a theater now. Yeah, but that's that may be for a lot of other reasons. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't because it's us. It ain't because it's us. Yeah, no, no, yeah. it's because it's because the the. Cause, I mean. The, 97 99% of mass shooters in this country aren't us. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is that is true. But um yeah, like I I did used to give Nelson shit about Aquaman, but that was before I read a lot of DC comics and realized that Aquaman was shit on in the cartoons because they made him a joke, but in the comics he's actually almost much more badass than Superman. <laughs> oh, that, that 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 new 52, man, that made him like uh, Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that's like a bonafide war hero version of Aquaman. New Fifty Two like, and Rebirth Aquaman were both like super dope characters, characterizations, I should say. Yeah, New Fifty Two Aquaman and New Fifty Two Harley Quinn was was just that's some of the best like rehashes I've ever seen in a in a comic book world. You know? I really like, like the New Fifty Two Barry Allen too. The Flash and Wall Bear, oh, Barry yeah. and Wally were really good. Yeah, because they weren't just they they're, they're, they were more layered than they ever have been before. Yep, and. Uh, and and just like the like just Aquaman when he like suffers like loss when he gets like that hook on his hand and everything like you feel that yeah you well the fact that they did that in the comics but then they did it in the Justice League animated series and did it really really well like just blows my mind that was such a good like three three episode arc Aquaman the the the, the development of Aquaman for me like mirrors like the development uh, or or the the breakdown of morph from the, from the nineties X-Men cartoons. Yep. You know, you know, where you just, you're just that invested. It's just so heartbreaking. And like, it makes it that more human, you know? And that leads into my uh, final interview question that I actually had written down. Uh, what does being a blurred mean to you? Cause I definitely categorize you in, on, under that umbrella as well. Uh I mean, I, I, I just have very few things that I'm like very, very specifically into. Like case in point, Aquaman, and it's very thing, and it's very like things that I independently learn about that I did not learn, excuse me, in school. Like, like from my, for me, like anybody who has the time, who takes the time to like educate themselves on a topic enough to like become sort of like an expert in it, like an unofficial expert in it, is you know going to be nerdy in some in some in some point because basically i th i think nerd is basically an unofficial term for a subject matter expert that's not formally educated you know what i mean yep very much so you know so like like i want I, I i can watch youtube videos about black holes all day you know yeah and i can i can argue with somebody about snares you know you know a, a whole lot in and, and like production choices that outcast has made you know like like it, it's uh 
it, it just means like being that and being and having pride in it, in, in it as well. You know, because I think part of the part of the black experience, because like we're not really we're not like like race is like made up, right? Like it, like it's not it's something that was made up by by people to differentiate, you know, where you came from in the globe. Even though we all came from Africa, you know, like right, we, right. We, we, we all did. There's no like genetic difference between a white guy and a black guy. I can actually be more genetically similar to a white person than another black person in reality, you know. But like, but because of culture, like we have this, uh, we 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 have this meekness to us. Because as soon as we're proud. Somebody wants to, you know, put us down a couple of notches, and I think being a blurred in and of itself means that, you know, you have to be, you have to be proud. You have to be proud of what you are. You have to be proud of what you know. You have to be proud of, you know, what what you have, what you have developed for yourself, and um, and not to let anybody take that away from you. You know, that that that's what being unapologetically blurred means to me. You know, like nobody's gonna tell me how to how to fucking like you know compress a snare or side chain, you know. The baseline to a kick like nobody's not going to tell me that i'm going to tell you how to do that because i've been doing it for years you know like you know i'm not going to just sit there and be quiet and just like take somebody you know white explaining me things anymore and i think that in essence of itself is what i take to mean being being a blurred man that that is that shit that is exactly the type of answer i like that that is it, it it's exactly it like when man when you said being white splained Bro, do you know how many times, and you know I've been working in video games and, and movies my entire life. Yeah. And do you know how many times people will try to tell me what I'm wrong about? And I'm like, ah, you can buy this if you want to, but when it doesn't work the way you want it to, that's not my problem because I told you that it wouldn't. And it sucks being somebody like you and me who, like, get told, oh, yeah, you talk white and shit like that. And, like, you know, because you you you... you you know, we act the way we act. People get uh, people get comfortable. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and that, that sucks. And sometimes, and I hate hearing the words. Oh, you know, you know what? You get it. Like, no, I don't. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know, like, what, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And like, like, no, I don't get it. I don't get your point of view. I don't have your lived experience, and nor do I want to. You know, I'm black, and I'm proud to be black. Right. Don't get it. You know, I'm here interacting with you, speaking the language that is not mine. Yeah. I, I, that, that, that's a given, but don't don't get it twisted. You know what I mean, right, man? People, I think people underestimate the fact that we, because I have an IQ of over ten, and because you have an IQ of over ten, and we speak full sentences, and we don't always use street slang, that we could still go from zero to thug real fucking quick. Yeah, yeah, and it is. People don't they is. underestimate that about it. people about black dudes like us, and, and I've had to I've had to check quite a few. I had a dude come in. Um, not to take away from what we've been talking about or anything, but I had a dude come in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, white dude from Texas had a Southern draw. The whole nine was looking for stuff. And I don't even remember how we got on the, on the subject, but I'm trying to sell him a Super Nintendo and a bunch of games, right? And he's like, see, man, if I had called you, I'd have thought you were a white boy. And I was like, yeah, it's called code switching and I'm really good at it. At it. And he's like, no, nah, I think it's called being yourself. It's like, yeah, but I'm not. So I'm going to walk away now and let you pick out what you want to buy. <laughs> I'm not being myself. I'm trying to feed my family right now. Right. By any means necessary. You know, so like, yeah. So yeah, you don't know me. I don't know you. You're I'm selling you stuff and you're buying stuff. That's the relationship that we have. Right. We're not friends. We're not old buddies. If yeah, you had a call if you had to call me and thought that you were talking to a white boy and that was the only reason you're coming to the store, I got another thing for you, bro. 
And I was like, yeah. Like, and, and don't try to fucking undersell me either, because... Uh, <laughs> right. I, I know the value of this shit very well, so... Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, oh, man, I love... Like, especially if I'm at work wearing, like, a hip-hop t-shirt or something, and somebody comes in with comic books or toys, and they expect me not to know what I'm talking about. Well, I I know this one is 200 bucks. Well, I know that somebody lied to you, my guy. <laughs> it's a dollar fifty. I'll give you a quarter for it. Like, what? What the fuck you mean it's two hundred dollars? I w- I won't even put that in the case. That'll just be out here on the counter. You know? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Somebody can take it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody can take it as I'm bringing them out. I'm like, eh, you know, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> right. Oh well. Well, I know I can sell it on eBay for more than fucking do it. <laughs> Yeah, then do it. Like, yeah, take your arbitrage and fucking do it. You know, like, and, pe- and people will buy it. Don't get it wrong; people will buy it, but hey, don't try to don't try to like rip me or rip me off. Right, you're not gassing yeah. me up, bro. This ain't the way it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah this ain't GameStop. You know, like, <laughs> even if it was, that shit didn't work on me there either. <laughs> God, God, I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate the company. I still got people there, so you know. I'm tr- I realized that the reason I went there was because of you and Aubrey. After you guys left, that's that's. I realized that that was the reason why I went there. (laughs) And I, I legitimately, um, I I love like Ferg's my best friend. Michelle, I went to high school with that works up there now, and like, that's my Ghostface CD. Ferg does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark, yeah, he has my he has my uh, Ghostface CD. He has my Ghostface CD, and I want it back. With a comic book and everything, man. It was uh, 36 seasons. <laughs> I'll see if he remembers. I'll let him know. <laughs> well, he doesn't. It was like it was like maybe like eight years ago. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll message him later. But like, hey, so Nelson said you, you want, got his CD. <laughs> you want to talk about blurred man? Ghostface Killer is he feeds that he feeds that nerd in me all the time. Oh God, yeah. You know? His oh, nickname man. is Big Tony Starks, for Christ's sake. They yeah. put him in Iron Man 1. <laughs> God, and he leaned into it hard. And I'm like, okay, this this is this is, this is it. This is, this and is, and this now is, you got me- Meth showed up in, uh, in Luke Cage and wants to play B- Bishop for the X-Men. He could do it, too. He's a he good actor. He's a good actor. I, I, I think he should have been casted as cable to be honest like that, that's just me that would have been no, that would have been dope though that would have been dope that would have been awesome you know but yeah but say you got josh brolin playing two different characters you know i guess i guess Thanos is not gonna appear again in an avengers in an avengers movie but still yeah, he still might like, what now he still might you know oh, okay. you know death doesn't mean shit <laughs> you're a comic book fan <laughs> yeah i mean how many times has batman died right yeah. I mean, and literally, the literally, Marvel just opened up the multiverse. We could easily see Thanos come back. I am going to be interested in to see what happens with the Secret Universe because that was a good comic book series. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I actually, I kind of hope that with them bringing the X Men property into the MCU, that that Josh Brolin gets to continue to play Cable, and that Cable and and Thanos meet up because I think that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 would be. That that would that would be a that would be a nice switch, but the, you know they're gonna have to recast it. <laughs> no, just just, you know? just do it. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> that Idris Elba as Cable, like that would be okay. I'd be would, down with that too. But he's getting that Warner Brothers money right now, so. Oh, I mean, did they cast him as Bond? I heard rumors. Uh no, they didn't cast him as Bond, but he's playing Bloodsport. Like he is. There's a rumor that he's getting his oh, own show. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, you have to. It's Idris Elba. He's he, he, he's he, Idris Elba is probably the best actor in the world for me right now. Yeah, and you I know, mean, like, for, for action stars, no. for Peacemaker to work the way it did and it actually be such an interesting show, I'd love to see James Gunn direct Idris Elba as um, Bloodsport in a TV show. Even if it's like a six episode miniseries, he'll kill it. He will absolutely kill it. Yeah, I can't see James Gunn making like a long time commitment like, like that. I don't think he's had done that before. Other you than know? working with Marvel, no. I mean, he directed he directed uh, all of uh, Peacemaker, and that was thirteen episodes, I think. Yeah, but that's like that, that's like a season of work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like doing a TV show for season upon season upon season. That's a whole nother ballgame. Very know? true. Very true. That's why I was kind of hoping, honestly, that at, with the shakeup at Warner Brothers, after he was done with Guardians Three, that he was going to be considered for like the the Kevin Feige role for for DC because I think James Gunn building a cinematic universe out of DC would be amazing. James Gunn should be should just be handed DC. Like he just he should just be handed it if he wants it. He may not want it, right? But like, but if he if they have an offer, they need to give it to him because it's like. The next injustice better be James Gunn designed characters like, like I, no seriously like those like those are the best like James Gunn had made the DC characters look the best they've ever looked. You You're know? not wrong. You're not wrong. I I I didn't like the the original Suicide Squad movie. I didn't hate, but I it wasn't great. Like I've I've watched it twice, but the Suicide Squad his sequel like. Even with him killing Captain Boomerang was one of my favorite live action characters in those those movies, and for them to kill him in the beginning of it, I was mad at James Gunn for like thirty seconds, and then the rest of the movie happened, and I was like, "Oh man, never mind." <laughs> well, I, I love me about James Gunn saying like, "No, this is my movie." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. This is mine. Yeah, I love you know? I love the way he did Harley in that movie. I love the way again Bloodsport, and you hated Peacemaker like you're supposed to. Uh, I love the way that. Um, Amanda Waller was handled. He did such a good job with it. And I mean, that's why I think the Guardians movies are so endearing for Marvel is because you actually get to know the characters and James Gunn does a good job of making you bonded to those characters. And the characters are not di- are not sexually dimorphic. You know, like th- like there's not really a huge, like like there's not a women act this way and men act this in this way in James Gunn movies. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. You can, <laughs> like, whereas... Anybody can be arrogant. Anybody can be like, you know, it's... It's, you know, really don't have that, in which I enjoy. And, mm-hmm. and the humor of it is just unmatched. Right, whereas then you watch, like, Justice League or Avengers with Joss Whedon directing those, and you're like, oh, you're a sexist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, like, yeah, because, like, in James Gunn movies, women do not have to be vulnerable at all. Right. You know, Harley Quinn was uh, was just probably one of my favorite characters of of, of any superhero lately. She, you know, she... But, not only did Margot Robbie absolutely body that character, but James Gunn directing her in the Suicide Squad. Dude, just the way she was like, I told myself I'd never, once I see a red flag, I would just kill him. And she kills that guy. I was like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, And it's Harley, so you should have, but the way they've done her so and so much in, in modern media that I didn't see it coming, but like the way James did it was cool. Yeah, and like, like, uh, James Gunn is a go. Like I'm just gonna go out and say, it. like, <laughs> James Gunn is a go. You know, and and for him to direct Idris Elba, uh, Elba the way he did was just yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, Idris Elba is, in and of itself is just is just, just a force. Like Hobbs and Shaw, like he made that. Movie. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. I knew it. I knew it. Uh- <laughs> he, he made he made that movie. Uh, even even his. <laughs> I think his worst role was the one in American Gangster. 
Oh like, yeah. Kind of in the middle of the street by Denzel Washington. <laughs> but even then, like he was like he had this brash confidence. That character had this brash confidence that only Idris Elba could deliver. Yep. Because there's no way that character believed that Denzel Washington was going to kill him in the middle of the street. There's no way. Right. You know, like just fearless, just a purely fearless like guy from the wire to now, like. Yeah, such such like, just an amazing overall actor, and and just uh, you love to see it. Especially, you know why that is though, right? Go. Like, I think uh, Woody. Uh, I think uh, Woody Harrison was who was also on uh, the wires. Like stated it perfectly is that in Europe, like a black man in Europe does not have the baggage of a black man in America. That is the truth. Uh, if you're if you're a black man in Europe and you want to participate in fine arts, you are basically invited. You know what I mean? Like they built you up. They they make sure that you know everything that you need to know. There may be some things he went through that were crappy, but as but the as far as like building up his talent, like they really did a good job. Well, and I mean, honestly, I think that that's why John Boyega is the way he is. And then that's why he took a stance against Disney for star Wars. Yeah. Now, did. mind you, I do not hate seven, eight and nine. I hate the way they treated Finn in seven, eight and nine. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause they, did, yeah, cause they made him like force sensitive. And you're thinking something like that. Well, they, they, they implied he was the way he held his own. Bro, they so, put right? him on the poster with a lightsaber for all three movies, and then didn't make him a fucking Jedi. Yeah, because like, like who could who could go like twelve rounds with Ben Solo? Right, you have to be sensitive, right? Like, right, you have, you have, you have to be, and like nothing and then, came out of it. Then the real slap in the face is in the Lego animated series that take place after seven, eight, and nine. They're supposed to be canonical. Ray is training him in the ways of the Force, meaning that they could they confirm that he's Force sensitive. But, but basically, he just did a chase scene for the second movie, which you know I like Rian Johnson, you know, like but like it, that, that that second movie was it went it went some it, it went really a really big fuck you direction to the Star Wars the way they did the the whole door move the whole door maneuver and you're just sitting there thinking how come they didn't do this before right. Brooklyn didn't just strap a box with a hyperdrive on it and just ram it through something like in every movie bat before this. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, it, it, it's, but yeah, I think that movie, yeah, Rian Johnson pretty much was like, nah, this, this, this is not going to be something I'm doing for a long time. What? So I, I'm gonna do exactly I, I, what I want. The, the issue with, with seven, eight, and nine is the disconnect that they didn't have a Bible going into it. They didn't. It, was, it, was, it wasn't continuity. Yeah. In my, yeah. There wasn't any continuity and, there. And again, they played the two biggest ethnic characters, Rose and uh and and Fenn both got played. Yeah. I mean, well, Poe was ethnic too, and he had a big role, but like Finn and Rose were completely misused, and I did not like that. Like Rose went from badass <laughs> rebel to like, oh, I'm in a love triangle now. But I think Disney has since course corrected, you know, what what the of course, corrected in terms of what the black audience expects out of the black characters. Yeah, like, especially especially with Lion King and Black Panther, and uh, and Soul, and uh, you know what I mean. Like, I do I need they, I do need Disney to realize that if you're going to make an animated movie with a black character, that per, that black character needs to be in their black body themselves for more than ten percent of the movie. That's fair. That's a, that's a fair criticism of Soul. Because I, I, I like Soul a lot. I really did enjoy that movie. Jamie Foxx, as per usual, killed it. I really liked Princess and the Frog, but when you make two black-led movies like that, and both of them are movies in which the character uh, is not themselves the entire movie, do better. <laughs> 
I mean, but then, like you said, Black Panther was was dope. Like, the story was simplistic, but, like, it was amazing, which is what gives me hope for Wakanda Forever. I am I am team recast T'Challa, but I also am team I trust Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I say you should recast him, but I'm pretty sure the people that they had in mind are probably busy. Yeah, yeah I think we'll get him. We're going to see T'Challa again. We are. Um, whether it be a multiversal version or whatever, we're still going to see him again. But I think right now, um, I understand why they didn't for part two. Uh, I just wish Letitia Wright was a better person in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I can see why. I can, I can see why they made that decision. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, oh, but this uh, new, uh, what's this new... Uh, this movie will be coming out. Was it Warrior Queen or something like that? With uh, oh yeah, with, the the, the okay. Warrior King, yeah, with um, Viola Davis, yeah. That that looks fucking good, dude. It I does. Really have really you seen the controversy good. surrounding it though? No, I have not. Apparently, the Dahomey tribe that this is based on, um, were some of the people that sold uh black folks into slavery. I mean, when people say that, like, like. Do you not know who had the power in that situation? It wasn't the it wasn't the yeah, African you're, tribes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It wasn't the African tribes. They they weren't like, no, take these niggas. No, it was probably a deal. Either you do this or you know, we're pretty much gonna like you give it to us or we're taking it. Right. And and they and them making a decision they did probably saved lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I still want I still wanna see it. I still absolutely wanna see it. I'm definitely gonna see. I'm not gonna let some like you know like some like backward shit like that fucking change my mind because like right. I don't I don't I, I wasn't I wasn't there I wasn't in that situation. Right. The only thing I didn't watch, the only thing I will say I didn't watch was Harriet, and I had no intention on watching that movie. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I don't think I even heard of it to be honest. I'm out of I'm out of the loop. So it's so Harriet. Tu- it's a Harriet Tubman movie. Came out two years ago. Uh man, that's yeah. That's that. Now I will, I will say this I, I will say this before we sign off. Um I will say the one thing I am sick of in black entertainment as far as movies go is I don't need black trauma as entertainment anymore. No, because like those things are usually like if you're gonna do that movie, like you're gonna have to do it in a way of twelve years of slave. Right. Where like it's done and written and the almost done all by Steve McQueen himself. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest black directors of our time. And one of the greatest directors of our time. Fuck black directors. Fucking greatest directors of our time. Right. You know, and, and yeah, 12 Years a Slave was so good. And it, it depicted, it, it depicted like, it depicted like such the grittiness of it. Whereas like, you know, like it, before it was like, uh, you know, it's just hot outside, you know, like, right. <laughs> it, it, you know, no, it was actually brutal. It was, uh, it, it was brutal. It was disgusting. It was dirty. It was bondage at its worst, you know, like, and, and for someone to be living that way and to try still try to like go by day by day, still trying to fucking find love, trying to raise your kids and shit. Like, I think Steve McQueen put a spin on, put the reality of it to us, right? Where, where as opposed to just being like, oh yeah, like last of the Mohicans type shit, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like those movies need to be written, directed, and and pretty much have like a black uh, a black voice to them. Right. Well, I mean, like there there's there's an Emmett Till movie coming out this year, and I don't know that I can handle watching that. Uh, and that is not again because the story doesn't need to be told. That's because I I know the story. 
And I know the movie is not made for people like us that do know the story, but I, I, I can't. I just can't. Like, I still haven't watched uh, When They See Us on Netflix. Um, I think that was it. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself. And I still haven't. I still, like, I did watch The Hate You Give in 2020, and I read the book. I'm currently reading On the Come Up because uh, that's getting a movie at the end of this month, too. Um, and, like, they, and those those are fictional worlds, and they use the trauma appropriately, I, I believe. But the same thing with, like, did you watch Lovecraft Country? Tell me you watched Lovecraft Country. Uh, no, I haven't watched Lovecraft Country because, you know, uh, ever since I heard about Lovecraft's kind of like racist beliefs and shit. Okay, okay. It's called Lovecraft Country. It has nothing to do with Lovecraft. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Um, yeah, I don't, I, admittedly, I don't know much about it. Too, okay. It is a, it, it was a sci-fi model, novel, um, but it was by a white man, but it was a black story and he actually did a good job telling the story, shockingly. And the show is a, bl- a black female showrunner black actors that's where jonathan majors got his major his major his big start and then same thing with journey smollett uh you know jesse's sister the smart one yeah Yeah, okay (laughs) oh that poor guy yeah (laughs) but but yeah if it's good i I will definitely give it yeah it's on uh, it's on hbo max and it's available on like voodoo and everything too and there's actually hard copies available too yeah, you know, I still need to get over Judas and the Black Messiah. I really, I really, that that movie, that movie hurt my heart, man. Really, man, really, oh god, bro, who are you telling? We have that gone was, significantly longer than I wanted to today, but man, like God, that was such. It was powerful, but it was hurtful, and the fact that we know it actually happened. <laughs> yeah, like like everything that our family told us, what happened with that guy, it's just it's a hundred percent true. Yep, it is. It is not just, you know, folklore. It is 100% true. Yeah. You know? And, like, with Emmett Till, they better, they better showcase the brutality in which they treated that man and how normal it was, how they did that in front of their children. Right. You know what I mean? How, like, it was a block party. It was a block party for them. Yeah, yeah it was a block party. Barbecues, yeah. hanging out. Hey, can I have this teeth, you know, as a keepsake and shit? Like, right. Like, yeah. You know? Like, and yet, Carol- and yet Carolyn Bryant, because she's 88, 82 years old and sick, they won't reissue the warrant that they found. But, you know, and I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm not saying he wasn't in the wrong. Even if he did it, what the fuck? No, 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 no. Emmett Till wasn't in the wrong. I'm not saying the, the next name. I'm not saying that this person didn't do anything wrong. I'm not saying this person didn't deserve jail time. But they arrested 88-year-old Bill Cosby's black ass, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they sure did. Now, mind they you, sure I think Bill Cosby did the shit, but... I also know Carolyn Bryant did the shit. Arrest her white ass. And she admitted it too. Yeah, I like, don't that, give that, a that, that, fuck. I got in, I got into an argument with a friend um, that was trying. She's like, well, you know, her husband was abusive. I don't care. I don't care. I do not care what her husband said, what her husband did, whatever. She had the power to not let that 14-year-old black boy get killed. But instead, she didn't. Fuck her. Yeah, seriously, and that that decision to have an open casket, like, like if they don't if they don't do like the actual like if they if they just if they wash it if they sanitize it, it defeats the whole point of even doing the movie. Yeah, there's no point in the movie. Uh, the reason yeah. I brought up Lovecraft Country, uh, same thing with the Watchmen TV series. If you haven't watched that yet, is they were the first things that I ever saw do uh, Black Wall Street. They did the Tulsa massacre. Both of those shows wow. did. 
Uh, and I mean, it was in a fanciful way with Lovecraft Country because it had to do with time travel and um, uh, hoodoo and all that shit. But they still showed what happened. And then in the beginning of, of Watchmen, they they showed what happened and they talked about it. And I mean, Lou Gossett Jr. is in Watchmen, so you need to watch it. Um, and Regina King, so you need to watch it. But, oh, I love Regina King. But man, it just, the fact that we got that and, you know, we didn't learn about Tulsa in school. They didn't teach us that. And they damn sure ain't fucking teaching it now. No. So, no I, I, I didn't learn about it until I was like 25, dude. Same. And, I, and, and, I, and I, that brings me shame. Yeah. That brings me shame that I didn't learn about it until I was 25. But that's... That's the American that just, education just, system. Yeah, that, that that's... Meanwhile, yeah, we're, I, we're worried about them teaching CRT in schools, which they don't in grade school or uh, they don't CRT is a fucking college elective course. What white people want them to stop teaching about is just history in general. They don't, they want you to know that Martin Luther King Jr. Had a dream. They don't want you to know that right after that dream, they sprayed him with the fire hose. They want you to know that Martin Luther King Jr. Was the face and would he'd be ashamed of us trying to divide the country, which is bullshit because he literally spoke on rioting. They and don't they, like they don't they don't show the rhetoric, the rhetoric that was in newspapers and by news commentators and politicians that led to somebody like like Martin Luther King getting killed because they they were publishing some really bad shit about him. Right. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is he he was he was black and he was peaceful, but they still killed him. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You can be peaceful all you want. You're still going to die. So what that tells me is like, what's what's the benefit? What's the benefit? Right. No, I'm gonna fucking light light cars on fire. I'm gonna fucking burn your building. You know, fuck your grocery stores. Fuck your Whole Foods. Property you can know, be like, replaced. Yeah, because we, you know what, real estate is one of these things that they use to to bring people down. Right. Uh, big time. You know, I'm not in the Ti and Jay Z bucket where we need to own everything. Maybe our own neighborhoods. Yeah, sure, but not everything. But like, yeah, we need we, we need our own grocery stores. We need our own banks and stuff like that. Right, for sure. And, and, we, and we can't because we can't have our own buildings. And if we're gonna if we're gonna be renting, like they're gonna tr- overcharge us big time. Right. You know. And then you know, pro- and I, even buying property from from realtors that aren't us, it's it's redlining. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, man, my my mom like. If she wanted to buy a house in Ashbula, like she could, she cannot get what she get, could get in Ashbula for what she got in Conneaut. Right. And, and and oh my God, the Conneaut, Ohio. I remember when I was dating Kim Lloyd, and uh, I think I think they had a they had a coworker that said like, oh yeah, we have plenty of black people in Conneaut, and proceed to name every single black person that lives in Conneaut. Like if you know every single one, right? There was know. Brenda Letitia. <laughs> <laughs> If you can count how many black people have been to your house on one hand, you might have some racial issues there, my friend. <laughs> you know, or your or the, the area that you're in may have some racial issues. You know, right? And, and, it, and it, these things are not like ancient news. Like the year I was born, like that's when like they had that whole riot in Georgia with like a black family moving into a historically white town, well, and they and they protested. They lined the streets, man. Like, well, look at look at. What's happening even now? I mean, Ahmaud Aubrey jogging while black. Uh, Chris, Christopher Cooper, Christian Cooper, rather, in, in um, New York City, former editor for Marvel, 
you know, bird watching while bird watching while black white tells a white woman she needs to have her dog on a leash, and she calls the cops and says he threatened her. You know, that was the same day. Was the same day. <laughs> right, that was the same fucking day. And not to mention George Floyd, who supposedly passed off a fake twenty dollar bill. You know what you're supposed to do with fake money when you work at a store? Nothing. You're supposed to give it back to them and tell them to pay with something else. That's it. Because literally the police aren't going to do anything about it. Literally the bank isn't going to do anything about it. Give it back to them and tell them you need to pay with something else. And plus, like, what you need to call the Secret Service or something, and they're not going to even care. You know, right. like, they're not going to care. You know, you lost 20 bucks. Who cares? Is that worth that man's life? Right. <laughs> you know, like, no, it's not. You know, call, call, on, the, call on the cops on... Uh, on black people for something punitive. I mean, granted, you're ripping people off for twenty bucks. You should not do. But like calling like that that, that resulted in a man's death, which is not the punishment for that crime. Right. You know, it is, it is not. You know, like, ugh, God, man. Ugh. It's like it's like that. It's like it, it, when I when I heard about that, it reminded me of the the episode of The Wire, but it literally killed like that that guy who was passed off fake money. Yeah. You know, and, like no, that's tra- that's that's stupid. That's that's fucking dumb. You know, like yeah, you got ripped off for twenty bucks after making how much throughout that day. Right. You know, that's I feel like that's an acceptable loss. Even Walmart doesn't like bust your bust bust your shit over some chapstick. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. You know, but like I, I'm just it, it, it's a uh, it's one of those things that I uh, you know I I, I struggle with because like am I gonna get if I'm gonna get in somebody's face that calls me an N-word and they're just like. You know, some some lady on the street, like no, that 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 lady's probably like have some serious problems. Am I gonna get mad about it when it's my employer doing it? Fuck yeah, I am. Exactly, you know? like, exactly. Yeah. Like we we may not, we may or may not react to somebody's. You know, if, if a little old lady says, you know, you fuck you nigger when I'm walking down the street, I might say your mama and walk walk away. <laughs> but if like I'm at work and somebody calls me out of my name, especially my employer, then we're gonna have problems. We're gonna, we're gonna have problems. Like we like, and it's a and it's that game that we play all the time, and wavering that that uh, wait wavering that line is something that I think only other black people who are in positions like we are in can appreciate. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, and like I said, you have to you have to you have to hold strong to that, but also you have to pick your battles and be safe because you know what? You know, like my sister's got a fucking daughter now. You know, you think she's going to get mad at everybody who does something fucky? Bro, you know, you, like, you, no. do you know how many times I've kept myself out of jail because of the fact that I have a 10-year-old little girl? Yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine how much she had to hold your tongue. But yeah. you know, at the same time, you probably she, expect she, your daughter to be like, no, no, fuck you, nigga. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. You picked the wrong person. Right. She, she, she was person. at the fuck. store with me the one day that I got called a bitch-ass nigga by a white boy that thought he was hard from Kanye. Go fucking figure. Uh, that thought he was hard because I wouldn't buy shit from him because he's a thief. Like, how you gonna call me out of my name and my job because you're a thief and you got caught? Yeah, like, and like, that happens a lot. I, I told I, I, my daughter was with me, my boss was there, and he was like, I can't believe you handled that the way you did. I said, She can't see me like that. Yeah. I said, if I beat the shit out of him, like now mind you, she was out there. He didn't she didn't hear him. She did not hear what he was saying. If one single tear had fallen out of her eye, I was going to jail. It was gonna happen. I was going to I beat remember, him to within an inch of his life. I remember 
my sister is like like first year of school, and I was like, I'm up after because like kids were like picking on me and shit. Because like I was bef- year before, I was like at school by myself, you know. So like I'm by myself, you know, whatever. Um, I just want to go home, right? Yeah. And uh, this kid on the bus decided to decided to fuck with me on the bus, and my sister sitting right there, and he's like calling me names. He's calling me like you know gay slurs and and black slurs and all this other sh- all this other shit. And he's sitting behind me on the bus, and my sister's sitting next to me. And I was just like, why? Why are you going to make me do this? And I punched him dead in the nose. <laughs> and, and, and Dave, you know what the worst part about it was? You know what the worst part about it was? I felt bad that I did that to that kid. I felt bad. We always do. <laughs> I felt terrible, man. We like, always I, do. I had to apology for it, but like, I just felt bad that it came to that. It came to that that my little sister had to see me be violent with this guy, but also she can't see her older brother be a little bitch either. <laughs> you know, like, right, that's the issue. You know, she 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 can't see a member of her family not have pride in themselves. Right, you know, like like and, and that that's just that's just how it is. I never got a job for it. My parents never found out about it. This kid right. was bleeding. The bus driver I think knew that I was getting picked on the year prior too, because he actually stopped the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped the bus, came back there, looked at him, looked at me. And just went back off right and started driving. Right. He could not care less. <laughs> and this kid got punched in the face. <laughs> That's a good bus driver. So, so I think the bus driver kind of knew the deal. Like <laughs> my daughter has full my daughter has full permission. Like I don't expect her to start a fight, but I expect her to damn well finish it. And she I she knows that I'm not one for hitting somebody over words, but depending on what that word is, she has, I paid a thousand dollars for her to take jujitsu for a year. Choke him out. <laughs> Choke them out. You have my full permission to defend yourself, and you're not going to get in trouble. I don't care if the school suspends you. It's a vacation. You're fine. I'll stay home with you. (laughs) But, yeah, my sister never snitched on me, and she snitched on me for everything. (laughs) She snitched on me for everything. She's going to listen to this episode and snitch on you again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it was, I'm not even sure she remembers that, to be honest, but, yeah, like. She will now. But, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was wild because I, I did not know why I felt bad for a while. And I still don't. I still don't know why I felt bad. Kid was being a dick. Right. You know, like, you know, like yeah, picking on old, 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 no, like, yeah, we, there was like one other black uh, brother and sister on the bus, Marquise and uh, Marquise, Darius and Shanice. And they were new, so nobody really fucked with them yet because they didn't know, you know, what the right. temperature they were. Right, yeah. right. You know, but, uh, but yeah, it was just. Yeah, people knew they could fuck with me, but until that day, you know, Justin got Justin got an education. You know? <laughs> he found out real quick. Yeah, he found out. You know, and, we are and, the and see that's the thing is people don't realize that black people are the walking embodiment of fuck around and find out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah especially if you're if you're raised by parents who also went through the same shit because they don't want you to go for the same shit. Yeah, you know, like, and that's the yeah, thing. It, Most of us were all raised by parents like that. Like all of our parents have had this same struggle and, and you know, it's sad. And that's what you try to tell people. And yet again, we went way longer than I wanted to, but this is fine. But um, the, I'm sorry. Did I keep on? <laughs> oh no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Fuck it. People can listen for two hours. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> um, especially cause I'm not really good at splitting tracks. So they got to listen to the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> But they, um, the, the biggest problem is that I try to explain to people is our parents went through this same shit. Their parents went through this same shit. 
we're going through this same shit. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading. I'm currently reading Mary Trump's book. Um, I forgot what it was called. It's not the, the the Donald Trump one. I think it's called. So it's called something else. But she goes through this thing where it's like black people have gone through generational trauma without a break since they landed on this country. Yep. You know, like you're be like like you can't say that it's they can't say it's done. You can't do better when you're actively still being traumatized. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's several hundred years at this point, you know? Right. And people want to people want to come around and tell you that, oh, well, genetically black people are dumber or don't have the don't have the capacity for intelligence when when in reality there's no genetic there's just between black people and white people. Right. It's not as far as race goes. Yeah. You know, it, like, it, it, it's still funny to me too though, man, because like um I had a point and I lost it already. <laughs> um Genetic but no, like, yeah, but you're, you're, you're talking about trauma and like, yeah, we've been traumatized for 400 fucking oh, years plus. That's what yeah. I was saying. That's what I was going to say. My father is 78 years old. That is three and a half generations removed from slavery. That's it. Everybody tells us to get over it and forget about it, but it wasn't that long ago for us. Yeah, it was 400 years ago. It wasn't that long ago for us. The reason that civil rights pictures are in black and white is to make them look like they're a thousand years old. They weren't. Ruby Davis went to school the year my mom was born. Yeah. Hey, shit, Shirley Chisholm ran for president when my mom was in high school, dude. Yeah. Like, 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 like all this is huge problems. Like, fucking B.B. King, B.B. King, who died relatively recently, grew up, grew up a sharecropper. Yep. Like that's insane to me, man. My grandmother, my grandmother, rest her rest her soul, had she if she was alive today, would have been 110. But you know, it was so long ago. We're supposed to forget. But those same people that tell us to get over slavery, and I'm not even trying to make little of the situation or make light of the situation, are the first ones in September that tell us never to forget. Yeah, man. Yeah, and. Uh... They're the first one to say never forget, and they're the first one to say that they're that they're being discriminated against, that their uh, their bullies are 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 not, are not aligned with you know the woke values of America. Right. But I don't, and like, and I, I remember I, I I have I have I had a lecture. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention it at all. But like, there, there's a certain advantages that white people have. Like you know like, and uh, and that they take full advantage of without even knowing it. You know like. Yep. Like, it, it, like if, uh, say, a white gay person walks into a room, not, nobody's not going to know who you fuck. You know, like, nobody's not going to know that you're gay. Right. But everybody knows I'm black. Everybody knows that, you know, right. I'm culturally different and somehow and some and most likely the polar opposite of them as uh, far as political. And that, that's what I that's why I try to tell people that are like, well, blue lives matter. Blue lives don't exist unless you're a Cree, a fucking Navi or a Smurf. You can take your uniform off and still be you. I can't take my blackness off. I'm me all the time. And speaking of blue lives matter, like without black people, blue lives, <laughs> blue, blue, blue lives gets gets uh, dwindled down by a lot. Because you know what? We're the ones that you guys like to fucking harass. Right. You know, like we are most of your job. We are literally most of your job. Right. Like, like get the fuck out of here with that blue lives matter shit. You know, like right. cause it, it, it's reactionary for one. It's right. super reactionary for one. Right, because and, they're awfully quiet after January 6th. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, you ain't say nothing about those people beating up cops and shit, did you? And, and it took Uvaldi. It took Uvaldi, uh, Uvaldi to get to, for me to learn that cops have no duty to protect citizens. Yep. Sure it, it, it took it took that you know a shooting that had largely a Latino population, by the way. Like, 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 like it took that and that fiasco to learn that. You know, nobody nobody decided to look into this way before when they were killing Trevor, were killing literal children, literal children. Like, right. it, it, it's it's. It's insane. It is insane. <laughs> Absolutely. This world is uh, not the world that my parents wanted me to grow up in. Not at all. I, I, and I, I've, I've, there, there are days, and I, I have to go on record saying this, there are days that as a father I feel terrible for the fact that I, I brought my daughter into this world. You know. Because she deserves better. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, if it's going to get to a point where the biggest thing black people can do for equality is literally just have children with white people. Yeah, and then that's that only takes us so far. That yeah, we've gone an hour and forty minutes. We cannot get into that conversation. Me and you will, be, <laughs> me me and you will be back. I'm gonna have you back on the show sooner rather than later. October is really fucking busy for me though. But, hey man, hey man, I love you, man, and I love what you're doing. I love uh, you too, brother. Right I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on. Um, we 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 will talk more. Um, again, for those of you that missed out on the beginning of this somehow, even though you should, by now you should have been listening to it. If you're this far, um, Nelson produced the track that I use as my intro for the show. It is also on his EP. Uh, and he just dropped an album today, September 23rd, 2022 discussing the sun. And it is called feel it all. It is available on all major platforms. Check it out. If you haven't, uh, again, Nelson, I love you, brother. I appreciate you for coming on, man. Like this is. This was a great, great conversation. Uh, I actually am going to work this into both Unapologetically Blurred and Storyteller because we did a little bit of both. We really did. Um, it uh, It's good to talk to somebody that gets it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed, man. And like I said, like, thank you. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, relieving. It's relieving, actually, and cathartic. Of very, a very much so. Very much so. <laughs> we will definitely do this again. Um like I said, guys, check out Discussing the Sun, Feel It All on Spotify, on, uh, are you guys on Apple? Are you guys on Apple? Yeah, we're on Apple Music. Apple right? Music, yeah. Google. All of us on Apple Music, you can find me at Leave Nelson B on Twitter as well, where I espouse my unpopular opinions on food, sex, <laughs> and uh, race. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, thank you guys for listening. Remain unapologetically you and be unapologetically blurred. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, I do have to plug myself. There are still seven days left to use code, all caps, D-A-D-B-O-D. That's code DADBOD on my merch store to get free shipping on everything. I've added a bunch of stuff, not just the mug, which I know a lot of y'all like, even though only one person bought it, but you should buy it anyway. (laughs) But there's unapologetically blurred merch. There's perception blurred merch. There is also tables, ladders, and dice merch, as well as Cage Bishop cosplay merch on there. So check me out. Uh, hit up my Patreon. My link tree will be in the bio of this episode. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate y'all. We are almost 2,300 listens in. Uh, I think this is episode like 65-ish since I started the show. So I appreciate you guys going on this journey with me. We'll be back with much more. Thank you again, Nelson. Uh, You guys have a good day.